Welcome to Real with Teal. This world is evolving, my friends. We are elevating as a collective, and it is my mission to expand your mindset and see the realness. You will be hearing from the top thought leaders, change makers, and entrepreneurs across all industries on how energy, intuition, manifestation, and consciousness have all played a massive role in their success and fulfillment. I'm your host, Teal Cooper. Let's get real. So I was on a podcast recently and a rapid fire question that I was asked was what's the most important skill you look for when hiring for your team? And I thought about it. And the first thing that came to mind was grit. And so I wanted to make an episode on grit and it kind of ties into the story of how Benny Bean was born because I just have a lot to say about grit. (laughs) My dog's making the weirdest noises right now. So I guess just like the entrepreneurial spirit, I feel like grit is something that you're either born with or not, but I do believe that certain life experiences or situations can bring out the grit or the entrepreneurial spirit within us. I feel extremely grateful for the upbringing that I had. I was raised by, you know, two parents who love each other so much, set the bar extremely high for, um, you know, being role models for the relationship that I want in my life. And also just loved my brother and I unconditionally. And they are both entrepreneurs that raised us and really ingrained in us at a young age that we can achieve anything we put our minds to and that the sky is the limit. And I look back and the confidence that they instilled in us and the abundance mindset that I was so fortunate to have been raised with has really allowed me to, you know, view the world in the way I view it today. But I didn't grow up saying I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I honestly don't even remember that word being a word growing up. Um, But up until the end of college, I kind of just had no real life direction or goals that I can think of. I was never that great at school. I was always held back in math in the grade below me. And I was the girl just getting in trouble in every class for talking and being a distraction that my teachers ended up um, complaining to my parents and I ended up having to get medicated for ADHD. And like, I I wasn't like failing out of school. I got all A's and B's and some C's, but I was never, it never came easy for me. And it wasn't until my junior year of college that I felt passionate for the first time in my entire life about a career direction. And I'm sure as you guys can all guess, it was when the idea of Benny Bean was born. So to give you a little bit of a backstory about how it all kind of came about, I studied abroad my junior year in Florence and my brother's two years younger than me. So he was um, a freshman at UT in Austin. And on my campus in Florence, there was this like bulky, didn't look like anything cool or special, but it was an espresso vending machine. And there was always a line of students waiting to get a cup of coffee from it. And I really just didn't think anything of it. I was like, wow, that's weird. I've never seen a line of people waiting for a vending machine before, but I tried it and was surprised about how high quality the espresso was, but that was it. Never thought about it again. Went on with my life. And I guess like a couple of weeks later, 
Tristan called me and it was like the afternoon, my time I was sitting in my, like the tiny apartment kitchen in our like place in Florence. And my brother called and he was like, Teal, I just got the best idea. And I was like, what? And he was like, I'm crashing for finals. It's 12 AM. My friends and I have been searching campus for coffee and there is literally nothing open. What if we made a high quality coffee vending machine and we called it Vendy Bean? And he actually said the name of the company over the phone. And I remember like it was this light bulb moment because I saw it. I saw the concept in action in the campus at Florence. And I was like, this is happening. Like it was the first time I truly felt like a full body, passionate gut feeling that was just like consuming. And it was the first time where I felt like this is what I'm supposed to do. And now Tristan, I talk about it and it's joked because I guess in his mind, he was never inviting me to do it with him. It was just like him telling me that's what he's going to do. But I was like, no, I don't even remember that because I thought it was like us doing it together from the beginning. Anyways, fast forward the next three, three to four years of my life was pretty much the definition of grit. And I'm not saying this to like toot my own horn, but I want to get real about actually how hard starting our business was. (laughs) And really just because I believe it doesn't need to be hard. And I don't think that struggle is required as a factor to success. I just think that a, my mindset probably made it harder on myself, which I'll get into, but the business that we went into was extremely difficult compared to other industries, like being a hardware business along with B2B and basically a logistics company all summed up together is, you know, essentially an investor's worst nightmare, but looking back, I'm, there's nothing else I would want to be doing with my life. So when we started Vendy Bean, we really knew nothing about coffee and nothing about vending machines, other than the fact that I knew that I liked coffee and I drink it pretty much every day. But when the idea was born, I mean, we were willing to do whatever it took and learn whatever we needed to learn in order to launch this company. So the summer after Florence, the summer before my senior year of college, I remember calling every single vending machine manufacturer in the States, like in the US. And I was just picking their brains and like writing notes. And I learned really quickly that the vending industry is extremely archaic and it's pretty much all run by middle-aged men who all of them, literally every single one of them told me I was batshit crazy for wanting to get into the coffee vending industry. They were all like, why are you trying to get a coffee vending machine? It's a dying industry. Like everyone's trying to get out. And for me, it was like all the validation I needed. Cause like these guys don't get it. They're old. They're, you know, they don't see the vision that we see. And I also actually, I just thought of this. Um, so it's funny because our biggest competitor canteen, who's owned by a company called Compass Group. And they are the number one vending machine company in the United States. Uh, along with also, they pretty much dominate in the office coffee service space. So they have like 96 hubs nationwide. And at the time I was like, oh, wow, I want to learn from them. So I applied for a job there and I wanted to be a route driver, like the person that goes and drives the trucks and and restocks and cleans these machines because I wanted to understand how the actual operations worked. And they were like, no, we're not going to give you that job. And they wanted me to do sales. They're like, you have a great voice for sales. And I was like, you know what? No, I can't do that. I'm going 
have my last year of college or whatever. So that didn't end up working. But what's funny is now we're actually working on um, finalizing a distribution partnership with Canteen, which is pretty awesome. Kind of just goes full circle, you know, five, four and a half, five years later. But fast forward to senior year, we ended up taking a loan from our dad for $6,000 for our first beta machine. I convinced this apartment by SDSU to let us place this machine in their building because SDSU refused to support me and literally had me running around in circles to lead me into different directions. And um, basically they're liars and don't support their um, students and their entrepreneur program is all bullshit. You could tell I'm still not over it, but I mean, you know, I'm kidding, but at the end of the day, like they could have easily helped me launch it on campus, but they made it impossible. So it's launch day. I get it in the school paper. I promote it literally to everyone and anyone that I know or have ever met in my entire life. I get all my best friends to rep with Vendy Bean branded tanks and hats and get a booth at this apartment. We're blasting music. I'm putting it all over social media. And it was probably like one of the best days of my life because it was so incredible to see something that we've been working on actually become a reality. And I remember just like being so excited. Like I was just like in awe. I was like, wow, like we created this concept, you know, even though we didn't create the machine, like we created this concept in our head and had this idea and now it actually exists at San Diego state. So my friends and I were all giving out free coffee for like pretty much the whole day. Um, and the funniest part about the whole thing is that the coffee tasted like absolute shit. Like it was <laughs> disgusting. Um, but it didn't phase me at all because I was like, I know this will work. Like the concept is there. All the students were so excited. They loved the idea. The branding was on point. Like the idea was there, but the product just wasn't. So I knew we had to just go back to the drawing boards and really perfect the product. But I didn't let it phase me at all. Like I didn't even really consider it a failure. I just, even at the time at 22, I was like, this is just a part of a part of the path. So we eventually partnered with the right manufacturer, which was overseas and in Colombia, And we ended up raising a family and friend round. And the next two years were filled with basically Tristan and I becoming vending machine technicians and route drivers, which means we would clean and restock these machines pretty much every weekend slash week drive around town, fixing broken vending machines, replacing parts, FaceTiming the manufacturer for hours with tools I've never seen before and having a bunch of meltdowns crying at these machines out of frustration. <laughs> like I have such a distinct memory being at an Irvine company office building in the lobby and having a full-on meltdown. Like I had to learn how to replace a grinder, which was really hard for me. And I you know, at the time I I'll never forget because I would always tell myself like, I'm not capable. I'm not a technician. I can't fucking do this. And then I read the book mindset by Carol Dweck and it changed my whole perspective. Like I was like, you know what? No, I can't fucking do this. And I remember fixing this, this machine, replacing the grinder. And then it, I ended up being able to replace grinders within like five minutes. Eventually, like it just got easier and easier. And it was, I realized then how important the mindset is. That was like probably the first big learning experience I had around how powerful our minds are. But Tristan ended up actually becoming like the pro at these machines. And once he ended up moving out here to San Diego from Austin, he just like, I'm still like 
so impressed by the skill set that he was able to teach himself. He can literally break apart this whole machine and put it back together. And it was great because it allowed me to focus more of my time on sales and actually growing. And, you know, this is pre COVID. And at this time I would literally go to Starbucks, steal those trays and go to, you know, one of our machines, fill them up, put lids on them, right. What each drink was seal it with duct tape. So the lid would stay like warm and I would cold walk into offices all day long. And mind you, at this point I had braces and the lisp and I remember telling myself, if I could pitch Bendy Bean and close with all of this that's going against me right now, I can do anything. (laughs) And getting my first guess took pretty much a year and at least 100 no's. And it got extremely discouraging at times. It truly felt like we were swimming upstream for three years straight. You know, we were geographically limited, so we can only really place machines where we were located, which was San Diego. And we didn't have the capital and the resources to hire. So it was just us pretty much doing everything. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, I'll be happy when I get, can finally pay myself X and I'll, you know, finally feel accomplished when we get to X in revenue. And I was so confused why we weren't hitting our goals month over month. Like it really did feel like we were trying so hard and not seeing results. And like, I remember our dad, you know, who is a successful businessman and is a huge mentor for us. And I'll never forget him telling us, you know, if you don't start seeing results by, you know, this date, I think you need to start being realistic about this. And that happened twice, but always right before the date, some miraculous deal would, would close like our first big hospital or our first college. And we just kind of like kept chugging along at the time we worked in a co-working space and I ended up getting us able to work there for free because I convinced the guy who owned it that I would give out free coffee to people in exchange, even though there was a credit reader on the machine, but I would just like randomly pass out free coffee whenever I felt like it. And through being a part of this co-working space, you know, there's these networking events, there's other entrepreneurs, there's other startups around you. And I remember starting to feel like, you know, at the time I, I was oblivious to this, but looking back, like I was starting to succumb to the facade of being an entrepreneur and like the entrepreneurial status quo that really the only way to be admired and respected in the community was to have this epic board of directors and these investors raising X amount of capital. And we really, you know, got sucked into it and tried eventually fundraising twice, put a whole pitch deck together two different times. And luckily, thank God it didn't work out in the end because, you know, that was just not our path. And I'm, you know, no shame, no hate for anyone who who does that. I, I think it's, it's amazing for if it's right for you, but for us, it didn't make sense. And so it was kind of like we were trying to force it just because everyone else was doing it and it wasn't aligned, which is why it never happened. Um, but, you know, at this point in time, we were profitable. Like we were showing that we were making money month over month and still no investor was interested, which was mind blowing because you would hear of this other startup who was not profitable, had this idea and raised millions of dollars. You know, by now that I'm a big advocate for manifesting and preaching the laws of the universe and energy. But I want to make sure that I'm eliminating all possible misconstrued notions that manifesting is to have a dream and expect it to fall on your lap. 
I believe creating a successful business requires seasons of hard work, but let's redefine what hard work means. Because if it's your business, if it's your baby and you're so passionate about it, and you're doing what you love, then the hard work doesn't really feel like hard work. It feels fun. And for me, when I look back at that beginning phase of the company, like, yes, it felt like I was swimming upstream, like it was so hard, but it truly, like I had a fire under my ass and I truly loved the beginning stages of creating Benny Bean from nothing. And when I look back at like all the times that I felt like we were swimming upstream and everything just felt so difficult and such a struggle, I wonder, and this is where I have a hard time with manifestation is, and knowing what I know now, I think I can talk more on this, but I wonder if it was my mindset that was making it harder on me that I, because I did believe at that point in my life that struggle was a requirement in order to be successful. Like all the podcast stories I heard on how I built this, all these founders had this immense amount of struggle and and battling uphill and, and conquering all these massive obstacles and conflicts and everyone telling them that it's a bad idea and just overcoming it and coming out the other side. I really did believe that you needed to overcome massive struggle to be successful, which I now know is not the case at all. So I wonder if I was kind of projecting that and and that was my mindset. So I was, you know, I believed that. So I was creating a reality around it or the universe was testing me to see how bad I really wanted it. Because, you know, I think persistence is the number one most important thing as an entrepreneur when you're starting a business. It's, I think the reason why most startups fail is because a lot of entrepreneurs give up too soon. If they just kept persisting, it eventually, you know, would take off, but it might require some pivots to get there. So like when things aren't flowing, sometimes I feel like that's the universe telling you, you know, like a puzzle to rotate the puzzle piece to make it all fit together. And for us, we did do that. And it it was a massive pivot, which was offering as office coffee as an office coffee service. And as we started doing that, I think more traction started building and we started to find a niche that really worked, but it was also, you know, starting anything from scratch and being new in this, in an industry with not much credibility, that's going to be hard to convince other businesses to sign up, you know, we're B2B. So eventually I started changing my whole mindset and really believing from a place that we were already working with our dream clients. And I'm pretty sure I even lied (laughs) to a lot of different companies saying like, we're working with Google, for example. Well, I'm emailing them a thousand times and I'm working with them. They're just not working back. Like they just haven't replied to my email or seen it maybe, but it's not technically full online. Like I'm working with them. I'm working on it. You know, I'm emailing the right person and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But when you start to believe that you're actually working with these big companies, you start to change your energy to how you come across, you know, I'm not, I'm not coming across as this company who has zero clients and who's needy and needs their business because I need the low hanging fruits. I'm like, actually have this booming business that provides immense value to different companies that people truly love. And when you shift your mindset to believing that and really truly convince yourself, just like lie until you fucking believe it, then other people will believe it too. And you're just being a future version of yourself and the reality that you live in hasn't caught up with it yet. So I I started learning this as, as we're building, as we're growing and definitely started to see more results. And 
I believe the universe rewards us for trusting our gut and taking risks and stepping into the unknown. I was just at a, um, was a panelist at this networking group. And this woman was talking about how she opened up a law firm and it's been booming. And she feels like imposter syndrome around it because she feels like she should be dealing with some type of struggle to be able to have a seat at the table to talk to other business owners. And I think that's just so wild. Like we, it's, that's what the society teaches us that we need to go through a sense of struggle in order to feel like accomplished. It just goes to show how fucked the whole society really is. And these are all programs that we are programmed to believe. So I guess to sum this episode up, I want to leave you with my biggest message, which is if anyone listening has a desire, an idea to start something, a calling they feel that they've been pushing off, you have those desires for a reason. There's no coincidence. You feel these callings while other people don't. They're just not like you are meant to pursue them in this lifetime. And when you finally do and make that first step, the universe will back you up and the universe will co-create with you by giving you, you know, the people, the opportunities, whatever it is to put it in your path to get you to the next step and to give you that next like inspired action to take. You don't need to know the how, like totally eliminate the how of how you're going to get there. I mean, Tristan and I have this massive vision and massive goal. And up until this year, now we're considered food tech because we're building out our own software. But when we started the business, I, we had zero idea that that was even going to be a factor. And now our big outlandish goal and outcome is feasible because of it. And so you really don't need to know the how you just have to start. Even though through our journey, we endured a lot of obstacles, the universe continued to deliver to really help us unfold our goals, send us the right people, send us the right, you know, opportunities in the perfect divine timing to keep us going. You know, we're not getting any younger. You don't need to know everything. All you need is grit. So let's get gritty with it. (laughs) And I'm not saying that this life of being an entrepreneur is for everyone either. So take what resonates and leave what doesn't. I wish you all a beautiful rest of your day. And don't forget to keep it real.